Good evening. So thank you so much for allowing me to come and speak to you. It's really lovely to see um, old faces from when I used to be a much younger man here at this church. I think we've just heard Ken has been here 23 years, and I remember when Ken came. So, so it was a long, long time ago when this was my home. But I'm so grateful for the people who um, fed into my life when I was a young man and encouraged me to keep going and to keep following the faith. And tonight... We get to celebrate what God is doing. Um, I want to just show you a little bit of what I'm up to, and then I want to um, take a look at the value of God's Word um, and the Bible for our lives, and some of those challenges that come from that, but actually the life that comes from knowing Jesus Christ and walking with Him. So... My name is Chris Scott. I'm the son of Linda Wilson. So many of you will know Linda and Roddy. Um, Roddy very bravely took me on when I was a young man, and uh, he's probably regretted it ever since. Um, we have a family, so I am married to um, a lady called Hannah. Um, she sadly is in London today. She couldn't come down because the kids have just had too much traveling. But we, we've got a son who's eight. We've got a daughter who's four, so Caleb is eight. Lily is four. And we have another one coming next year. So um, that is our family. But, but all of us, we know we're called by God to go and serve him and to surrender our lives to him. And actually, it was the scriptures that led me to go to Malawi. Um, when, one day when I was looking for a job before I stepped out into full-time mission, before I had the faith to trust God that he would be the one that would provide, I was looking um, for a teaching post. And this role came up for Malawi. And first thing I did was I went to the Bible Lottery, which is biblegateway.com. And I was like, what's the verse of the day? And the verse of the day was Joshua 1 verse 9, which says, behold, I'm with you and I will be with you wherever you go. So I was strong and courageous. We put the application in. And the following week, we went to a church and the Holy Spirit came upon me in a way I haven't experienced in a long time. And I just burst into tears during the service. And by the end of it, I'd heard the sermon. So I went for prayer and this African man came and prayed for me and he said, hey, remember Joshua 1 verse 9 and it turned out he was Malawian and it was just so, such a confirmation of God using people and his scripture to influence our lives and the long and the short of it was I taught for four years and then God took us on a journey and now I am with Waiwan Blanta which is a Christian mission base um, in sub-Saharan Africa. Malawi is... If you look at Africa at the bottom, you've got South Africa at the bottom, then you've got Zimbabwe and Mozambique, and then tucked inside of Mozambique, you have Malawi, and then we have Zambia on one side, and we have Tanzania on the north, and that is the place that for 10 years I've now called home. I'm going to show you two short videos. They, one video shows you what goes on at the Y1 base because we are a team. We're not lone rangers in the kingdom of God. And this just gives you a picture of what we feel God is calling us to do. And then I've got a quick one to show you of the school that has been my project being an ex-teacher. And then we'll look at the Bible. I'm honoured to introduce to you the work of YWAM in Blantyre, Malawi. We're a community of about 50 people from eight nations uh, with a common focus to know God and make Him known, but with a specific focus that we believe that there's going to be a wave of Malawian missionaries going to the nations. And also, there's a movement of Malawians taking up the leadership of the church and mission movement here in Malawi to get Malawi ready for that move to the nations of the earth. Over the past years, we've seen an army of passionate 
Malawian missionaries raised up. And uh, that's kind of what we feel called to do is just to serve people here that have a passion, that have a vision and want to lay down their lives. I want to lay down my life for those that want to go out and serve. Let me tell you the ministries that these passionate Malawian missionaries are doing. Ministering to widows, youth, orphan support, computer training, sewing training, a six-month mission school, an evangelism school, Bible studies in countless locations, village discipleship, outreach to Muslim tribes, family, farming training, family training, kids work, an evangelism department with door-to-door -door ministry, Bible distribution, Jesus film, healing evangelism, pastors training. Man, there's so many things that people are doing. I'm Sunganani. I am leading evangelism ministry here at Waiwan Planter. We're doing the Bible study at the Forest Village, and we're doing the books of the Bible one at a time. We finished the book of Mark and John. Now we're in the book of Acts. My name is Samuel Tindifana. I'm working at youth ministry, teaching them COVID lessons. Afterwards, we used to have Bible studies. I'm Patrick Chibanda, leading Waiwan. Outreach Center here in Palombi. We are hosting pastors' trainings. These pastors started churches, but they didn't undergo any training. Our discipleship schools are bringing a deep intimacy for young people, which is transforming their communities. Soul and light are multiplied through Bible study from neighbors to friends. Here in Malawi, young women leaders are playing a part in bringing God's kingdom here and now. Community development restores God's friends for the communities of Africa. This is time for us Africans to rise and shine. In our youth ministries, we are empowering young people to know who they are and make a stand for the gospel. The primary school we have built for 600 children is raising up a next generation of leaders. Young people are the missionaries of today and we are called to go. Pray for us. We will see the Great Commission being fulfilled in my generation. So that gives you a little feel. I love those guys. They are so passionate for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's a real privilege to be able to see these young people who actually are willing to lay down their lives. And many of them have come from villages with nothing. And they're just so passionate to see God's kingdom come. Isn't that something that we really want to have for our own lives? In England, we want to see people saying, we will fulfill the Great Commission in our generation. Um, another project that we've been involved in, so this is the last video, um, is Tantway School, which again is part of raising up a generation of young people who have a biblical worldview and actually go on to transform their nation because they know Jesus Christ. And that was the purpose of Tantway School. So here we are. Oops. And I'm a major technical fail for the IT teacher today. <laughs>
Ever since before, we have had no school in our community. Coming of this new school in our community is a huge blessing to us. Thank you so much. We are so grateful to God for Tantoy School. We were not actually expecting to have a school in Chihuahua Village. Before it was built, our children were not able to get to school during rainy season as the bridge to the next village was not safe and they were in danger of being swept away. But now, our children have high quality education and are doing well in class. amazing for me as a primary teacher to be at this school. We are looking to help these learners uh, with quality education so that they can be successful in life. And this school is a Christian school where we are going to help these learners to know God, who is God, so that they can be fruitful in life. Thank you for your uh, support in building uh, this beautiful school. We really appreciate for the um, partnership which is there between the community, uh, the village, and uh, the youth with a mission, YWAM. The Ministry of Education has given us, or has posted 16 teachers to this school. But in fact, we are having seven houses. We need more houses to be uh, constructed at this school. We have got a number of uh, teachers who are coming from afar, covering a long distance uh, to this school, which means the report for duties are not in time. So we need more houses to be built at this school. Praise God with us. The school is open. It's beautiful. Everybody is saying this is the best quality government school they have ever seen. We really thank God for what he has done for this community as you have worked with us. Praise God. Thank you. So that gives you a picture of what my life looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. And why do we do this? Because of Jesus. We do this because we have a God who tells us that we are to go. How do we know? Well, it's in the Bible. This is the God of the universe who has created everything. This is the God who is all-powerful, all-knowing. Everything about our God is beyond our understanding, and yet he cares so much that he wrote a letter called the Bible and said, here, I want to have a relationship with you. I think that's got to be one of the most amazing things about the grace of God. And today, as we think about the Bible, the big question, I guess, is what are we eating? Because actually what we eat dictates how we are. What we eat dictates what we do. Um, on those chairs down there, there's a couple of packets of some very nice things. If any of you would like those, please feel free. Come and take it. You're very welcome to them. They're very nice. You see, when we eat things, it's nice. It helps us to uh, grow. It, we like the flavors. It can be exciting. Sometimes we eat for pleasure. Sometimes we eat because we need to. Sometimes we eat because we are preparing for a mission, Let's say you're going to be running the marathon. You start to change your diet so that you can be fit and you can be ready for that marathon. 
Sometimes, however, we also eat things that are not so healthy. When we were first missionaries in Malawi, every time we came to the UK, the first thing that my wife would want to do was to go to McDonald's and have a cheeseburger. <laughs> now, I don't know what it is they put in the cheeseburger, but that cheeseburger became a craving for the months leading up to when we were coming back to the UK. Because there was a desire to have that. And so sure enough, we landed, and before we even made it to Chichester, we'd have dropped in at McDonald's and we'd have had that cheeseburger. You see, she wanted something to eat. And now the children are hooked on the Happy Meals, but that's another thing. Some things are good to eat, some things are not so good to eat. And we don't just eat physical food, do we? We eat through our eyes and through our mind as well, and what we listen to. The music that we choose to listen to. What do we listen? Is it, is it glorifying God? Is it encouraging us in our relationship with God? Or perhaps is it swearing and we're going, it doesn't matter, it's just music? Or perhaps the TV, what is it that we watch? We're really excited now because I finally have in my house, after 10 years, an internet connection where we can stream Netflix. And Netflix is such a wonderful thing. You can click, 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 and there you go. You get to watch what you want to watch. And there is so much rubbish on Netflix. And you get tempted to start feeding on this. And that starts to have an impact on your thoughts and on your feelings. You see, it is so important because we become what we eat. And if we spend all our time feeding on things that are not going to help us grow, but are not going to help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to get sick. Sometimes we do the opposite. Maybe we have spiritual anorexia and we don't want to eat anything. We decide, no, I don't want to touch it. I notice nobody has come and taken the sweets there. They're sitting there. I say, come and take them. No one has got up to come and take the sweets. They're free. There's nothing wrong with them. <laughs> Please, somebody take the sweets. Now, if we're not even going to get up to get a packet of sweets, are we going to get up to read our Bible? Are we going to get up to say, God, I want more. I want to feed on you. Because it's a real challenge for us, isn't it? Sometimes the Bible we know is good for us. We know it is a living word of God. We know that it's valuable. But it's so hard to go and open those pages. We can intend to do it. And then sometimes we try and do it in our own strength. We go, okay, I'm going to have a diary or I'm going to set time and I'm going to spend X number of minutes. And many of us now have that Bible app. It's brilliant. It's the one where you can choose a Bible plan and then you can choose to read a Bible in a year or whatever. And we all start very well, especially at the beginning of the year. I know I was doing very well. And then suddenly I miss a day and then I miss two days and then I miss three days and my plan is now completely gone wrong. Because... I had the good intention, but actually it was difficult because actually we need God to help us in this. You know, this is so fundamentally important for our lives to read God's word and to allow God's word to bring transformation. You know, Timothy, um, it says, um, we can see it up there, but picking it part way through. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now imagine that you join the army and they give you a gun. 
and it's a very big gun with lots of different things, and they give you an instruction manual. And they say you need to read this instruction manual. But it's a lot of hassle to read the instruction manual. So in the end we go, no, I won't bother with that. And then you get sent out to war and you can't even undo the safety catch. <laughs> you know, if we need to be equipped, we need to be ready for what we are going to face in life, we need the Holy Spirit to be able to grow us and empower us. And the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things which we have learnt. The problem with that is it doesn't say they will magically appear in your mind. It says he will bring it to remembrance. It has to be there first. Now, I'm so blessed by the heritage I've had from my family because in the Christian education, when I was younger, I had to learn lots and lots of scripture verses. And at the time, I hated it. And you know, now there's so many scriptures that just speak to me when I'm driving the car and speak to me in different situations because they are in me. And when I face a situation, the Holy Spirit reminds me of that scripture and it becomes food, and it becomes life, and it helps me to make choices that direct my life towards the kingdom of God rather than towards the kingdom of darkness. Because the thing about the Bible is it's not just a nice book. Some people like to think the Bible is just a piece of literature. Very well written in parts. Some is story, some maybe is just poems. And they want to explain away the word of God. And what they're doing is they're missing the power of God that is in the scripture. Because this is the word of God. This is the word of God that is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. The word of God is not meant to be something that we just look at when we feel like it to make ourselves feel good. This is supposed to be something that empowers us to grow in our relationship with God. It empowers us to be obedient to his call. You know, why one mission that I'm part of, our key scripture is from Matthew 28. It says, go and make disciples to all nations. There has to be obedience to that for that to happen. If I'm going to make disciples of all nations, I have to go. I have to respond to what is being said in the scripture. The scriptures are there so that we can respond and we can be transformed. Romans says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may, um, perfect, you may discern the perfect will of God. How do we get that discernment? We get it because we feed on what God is saying and the Holy Spirit brings us to a place of understanding where we start to follow him. Now, there are difficult parts of scripture. We've been looking at difficult scriptures and this has been something that I've been mulling over all week as I think about it. Because what about those scriptures in the Old Testament where God does things that are not quite, don't look so nice? For instance, he tells Israel to go in and destroy entire cities and kill everybody in them. And we go, but that's not good, is it? And all of us were singing that amazing worship. Thank you for the worship. It really blessed me. And in there we were singing, we were singing about how God is the God of love how he's worthy of it all, how he's the good, good father. And then we read something in scripture and we start to have this panic and we go, help, I don't understand. But there is a challenge here, isn't there? Because what is our view of God? Who is God to us? Is God 
the God of love, but also the God of justice? Do we really believe that this God of the universe can do something like this and it'd be okay? So often we want to make God in our image. Yeah? It said in Genesis that uh, God made man in his image. And then I've heard somebody, and I can't remember who it was, who said, and then we've been trying to do the same to God ever since. We try and we make God good in our own idea of what it means to be good. But actually, to be just and to be righteous, if God is holy, how can he about allow sin? You see, Romans, it says, the wages of sin is death. That's pretty clear. That means every single one of us has a death sentence on our life because we can't even keep the basics of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, simple rules to follow God. Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Well, that's me out already. I can tell you times where that's not been true. So straight away, I'm gone. Do not lie. Do not bear false witness. Do not commit adultery. And Jesus says, if you've even thought about someone else, you've committed adultery in your heart. The law shows us that we need the saviour. The difficult things of the passages in scripture actually point us in a different direction. They actually point us to the God who can't stand sin. He created us perfect and he designed us to live perfect. But we decided to be disobedient to God and there are consequences to that. Can you imagine if... I was back in my role as a teacher and I didn't want to challenge certain behavior. I would always celebrate the good behavior. Oh, well done, you've done this and you've done that. But I never punish anyone for doing anything wrong. It wouldn't be long before you told me I was a bad teacher. There has to be consequences. But the thing about it is that God doesn't just come in with the final consequence straight away. Everywhere I look in scripture, I see a God who, yes, can't stand sin, but he gives every possible chance for people to turn and repent. All we've got to do is look at the story of Jericho. And the whole city was supposed to be destroyed. Rahab is obedient to God, helps the spies, and not only does she get rescued, but she is then in the line of Jesus Christ. She's mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now that is grace. That is undeserved favour. This is the God who wants to rescue us and wants to make a way if we will follow him. And his word always points us to that. You see, the word of the Lord is right and true. He's faithful in all he does. He's the Lord loves righteousness and justice. So there has to be some difficult things. Ultimately, if we don't turn to Jesus Christ, the scriptures tell us there is a consequence, there is a judgment. And there are some difficult ones and you know, difficult problems where we look at individual cases and we go, oh, but what about that child and what about this? And yes, I can say to you, I can't give you an absolute perfect answer on that, but I know God is just. I know God is faithful, and I know that God loves us, and he wants the best for us. And when we start looking at scripture to pick holes, we are not getting the food. In fact, we are missing this amazing message of Jesus Christ, where he says, come to me, 
I want, to, I want you to follow me. Come to me. I want, I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. There is, there's food. There's unfailing love in Jesus. You see, this word of God is meant to be leading us into a life where we can live in God's grace. The word of God always points us to Jesus. The word of God always points us to the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's take another negative story in the Old Testament. Moses goes up the mountain to get the law. This is the very law that is going to show Israel just how sinful they are because we've already established that those 10 rules cannot be followed. We can't keep them. What it does is it shows us God's perfect holiness and how far short we fall. We all fall short of the glory of God, but the gift of God, as Romans says, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now Moses comes down the mountain, and what does he find? He finds that Aaron has made a golden calf because the people asked him to, and they are all there worshipping this golden image. Moses has only been gone a little while, and already they are rebelling against God. And so God's response, his justice, is that he should wipe them all out. And Moses comes before God and begs with him. And God says, all right. And he, put up a, he told Moses to put up this serpent. They ground the golden calf and they put up this serpent on a pole. And those who looked at the serpent and the pole, they lived. What does that serpent and a pole point to? It points to our sin pinned firmly on the cross because Jesus Christ was going to die for our sin. That is grace. That is a scripture where we think, oh, how terrible of God to kill those people. Actually, no, it's not. How amazing that they rebelled and they disobeyed and they did not allow God to bring transformation in their lives and he still gave them a way to come back to him. The scriptures are such an amazing opportunity for us to have our lives transformed to become more and more like Jesus Christ. You see, our worldview needs to be influenced by the word of God. This is something we call the belief tree. The soil is where we are planted. It's the things that feed us. If you do not have the word of God in your soil, then when it comes further up and we start to look, what are our values? Our values are not going to be based on God. Because how can we build values if we don't know the God of the Bible. If you don't know Jesus Christ, how can your values become Christ-like? They can't. We need to know Jesus. And Jesus wrote, he, God gave us the scriptures so that we could know him more, so we could know him better. And as we then grow our values, as we feed on what, what we're taking in, our values form, and that then influences our principles or our choices, our decisions, which leads to our actions. And we know that you shall know them by their fruit. The fruit comes from what do we believe. The belief comes from what are we feeding on. So yes, we come to that challenge then. Okay, there's difficult parts of scripture, but the scriptures lead us to Jesus Christ and this amazing opportunity to have life in Jesus Christ. If we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. But God wants more than that. He doesn't just want people who say the right prayer so they can get into heaven. God wants disciples. God wants people who will walk with him. That's what we were designed for in Genesis, wasn't it? To walk with God in the garden. But we decided to be disobedient and then we got separated from God. And so what did God do? He said, 
I could destroy them, but actually I want relationship with them. So he came himself and he died again. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to change our attitude to the Word of God. When I'm struggling to read the Word of God, actually trying to read the Word of God is not normally the best way to get started. I normally have to come before God and say, God, I've got a problem. I don't want to read your Word. Lord, please change my desire. You know, as you start to have a desire to follow God, you have a desire to know God, where do you go to find out about him? You find yourself digging in the word. And then you start to taste and see that God is good. And as you taste a bit more, you read a bit more. And you tend to, it's often this spiral, isn't it? Once you start reading God's word and he starts speaking to you, you want to read more of it because you want to hear God's voice. We need to not treat the Bible as something that we just pick up when we have a problem. I find it really easy to read the Bible when I'm struggling. Maybe I need finance. Maybe I am struggling with a friendship. Maybe there's something going on and I know I need God because I can't solve this anymore. It's beyond my possibility. So where do I go straight away? I go to the Bible. But when everything's easy, I just kind of coast and get on with life. And I don't go to it. And yet, there is so much richness that God wants to give to our lives if we will come to him. And the more I've done that in my life, the more I've said, God, I need your Holy Spirit to change me. That's when I've seen the breakthrough with reading his word. But I also made a choice when I went to read the word of God. You see, we need to not just read the Bible because we should read the Bible because we think it's the right thing to do as a Christian. We need to read the Bible because we want to engage with God, because we want to hear from him. You know, Samuel, when he heard God calling him, he went to Eli and Eli said, this is what you need to do. You need to say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. When you sit down with your Bible, do you go, God, speak, your servant's listening. Lord, I want to hear from you. Because this scripture here, has what we need. God can take almost any verse of a scripture and he can apply it to something that's going on in our life if we're willing to listen to him. And I've just seen that happen time and time again in my life. You know, I get very challenged by my African brothers and sisters because they don't seem to have this problem. They have such a desire for the Bible. In fact, that there is my friend Tressel. He's a refugee. Him and his wife have seen and experienced things that none of us ever want to experience. And I'm really blessed that while I'm here in England, he's just gone to the refugee camp in the long way, um, where he had escaped to, and he started a new YWAM base in the refugee camp. So God has taken him from where his wife was raped and all kinds of things. And you know what he's asked me to take back for him? He wants a Bible. He says, I want to study Bible. Because he knows that what's in the Bible is worth reading. He knows that he needs to hear from God. Maybe the first thing to do is to ask God, what is it that I really, first of all, what do I believe about you, God? Do I really believe you want to speak to me? Do I really believe that what you say in your word is true? Because if I don't believe that, then what's the point? But if I believe that Jesus died for me, if I believe that the truths he said in scripture are real for me, then I want to know them because there's lots of good stuff in there. Yeah, God knows the plans he has for us. We all know that scripture, yeah? 
There's so many things that he wants to um, grow us in our knowledge and understanding of him. He wants the scripture to impact what we do tomorrow. We read the Bible because tomorrow is important that we walk with God. And as I lay down a little bit of time to him and I say, Holy Spirit, come, he releases that scripture and that scripture not only becomes healing for me, but it then gets put in my life and then the Holy Spirit is able to bring it to remembrance and then I can share it with others and it goes in their lives and so on and so on. The scripture is there because God did not just want us to blindly say, I will follow him. He actually says, I want you not just to believe, but I want you to know me. The scriptures are there for us to engage and to know God as we become more and more his children. I am going to just finish with a video that Roddy found, which is a, a hymn that we all know. And it talks about how the scriptures bring transformation into our hearts. And as we do this, I want us to reflect and say to God, God, how am I approaching your word? How am I looking at you? Have I made you so small that you've become irrelevant? Or do I take the scripture, but I don't really believe that it's going to have any relevance for my daily life? Or do I read it because I feel like I should do it, not because I want to know you more? And as we, whatever we feel, as we come before God and we say, God, I want to change. I want your words to be leading me in every choice that I make because I know that I need you. I am hungry. You see, we need the hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Once you are hungry, you will want to read God's word. And that is a secret. How hungry can we get? And maybe if we stopped filling ourselves up with quite so much junk food from Netflix and from other things, maybe actually we'd have a bit more space to be hungry. So there's a challenge there as well, isn't there? God, what do I need to lay down so that my hunger can grow? Lord, trigger that hunger in my life. And then as I respond to that, I start to see God bring the change. We don't do things on our own. Jesus said, it is good that I go because I will send the Holy Spirit. He will be your helper. The Holy Spirit is here to help us with this. So let's not struggle. Let's not make this into religion. We are not here today because we just want to come to church on Sunday. I hope we're not. We're here because we love Jesus and we want to grow in relationship with him. So as we engage with his word, we say, God, give us a hunger. Let us really know you. Let us understand more about you. We'll never understand it all. We know in Job chapter 40, and God says, are you questioning me? And he goes through millions of things, and Job just says, I'm sorry, God. And then God blessed him richly. You see, actually, as we really engage with a living God, we will see life, and we will see things happen. Let's uh, respond to this and ask God to speak to us.
God, we just want to thank you tonight for your love and your grace. Lord, we thank you for the gift that you've given us in your word. Lord, we thank you for those who've laid down their lives, such as Tyndale and others, Father, so that we could have your word to read. And Lord, we need, we need you. Father, we know we need you. And Lord, we want to hunger, we want to thirst after righteousness. And so we invite your Holy Spirit to come and to challenge us and to bring transformation in our hearts. Father, increase our desire to know you more. Increase our desire to seek out the truths of your kingdom. Increase our desire to engage with you and allow your Holy Spirit to speak into our lives and hearts. And Father, that as we grapple with what you're saying in the scripture, that you would give us that wisdom and that understanding. Lord, that you would teach us not just to wait for somebody to preach, but you would allow us to engage with you directly in your word, Father God, and to read for ourselves what you say and to battle with it and allow you to bring that transformation. Father, we thank you that you don't just call us to read, but you also call us to obey. And Lord, we ask that you would give us the courage as we read your scripture to put it into practice. Lord, that you would use your word to change the soil around us, change our values, change our belief system, Lord, so that we can make choices to follow you in every situation. Lord, that as we ask your spirit to guide us, even in our workplaces, as we're missionaries in Chichester and in the surrounding area, Father, continue to empower us through your scripture. So, Father, make us hungry, we pray. Lord, we need to be hungry and to thirst after you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.